0: This week on Retronauts, we're coming to take your video games away. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Bob Mackey, for this episode of Retronauts, and today's subject is the history of censorship in gaming. Uh, Let's see who else is here before I talk more about why I chose this topic. Who's across from me, as usual? Hi, it's me, your pal, Uncle Jeremy. Ooh, okay. Is that like Uncle Milty? I don't know. That's just what a lot of kids call me. They're related to me, I should say. If you compare (laughs) yourself to Milton Berle, you better watch out, because there's one thing you need to worry about, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, No, no. Um, uh, Who else is here? Uh,
1: rival podcast
0: host slash Sonic Ooh. Weapon, Michael Raparos Are you coming here to take me down from the inside? I am Oh, wow, okay I should be worried Just like yeah.
1: Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 2. Is that
0: how it works? Yes I need to read my history of Mortal Kombat again You do And who else is here today? Uh, intern for Senator Joseph Lieberman, Henry Gilbert Wow Were you the one that pointed out Night Trap as a snuff film? I I put it on his <laughs> desk <laughs> Yes <Yeah. laughs> it, all, the, all those girls were really murdered, everybody Sir,
2: you need to look at this
0: Dana yeah.
1: Plato really die <laughs>
0: Conspiracy, anybody? Uh, So uh, (laughs) starting on the dark note, I mean, this is going to be a slightly dark episode because we're going to talk about uh, certain events that might have shaped the landscape of media in general. But I did want to do an episode about censorship in gaming because it's always been a thing. And uh, in terms of my use of the word censorship, please don't complain. It is a very broad term. It's just addressing the changes made to a game, self-imposed or not, to make it more palatable for a particular cultural climate. So that is my definition of censorship for this episode. And, I mean, we can do an entire series of episodes about how many things were changed. Because up until fairly recently, I think, like, almost every game saw some changes in terms of content coming over to America If it was a Japanese release in the first place. So so I did want to do a brief overview of just how um, video games were not alone in being censored. Uh, The history of media is when new media comes out, the general reaction is for people to say, like, it's going to kill us all. We must push back against this. We must fight against this new media because we like the things that we like. And this is frightening. So I did want to talk about a few things because, like, even books were a scary prospect for uh, people who were not used to the idea of written fiction. And the general idea was, like, why would you read a book full of lies? Why wouldn't you just read the Bible, which is true? I mean, this mm-hmm. is exactly what people thought at the time. West so, of the Mohicans is killing America. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's warping our children's brains. And so that, that's the reason most of the first popular novels were epistolary novels. They were written in a letter format, as if to say, like, this could have conceivably happened. You're reading, like, correspondence between people and there would always be a preface like this is meant to guide you morally down your path in life this (laughs) fiction so i mean there was there was people worried about oh these people reading books they're going to have their minds warped they're going to think about sex and violence all the time and they're reading like jane eyre and uh pamela and things like that yes i do have a master's degree in literature people Mm -hmm. and this is the (laughs) only place i can use it but i'm glad henry is here because uh in terms of comics um It's really funny to uh, think about where comics started. I mean, comic books originally started as bound collections of newspaper strips. Mm -hmm. And the history of uh, comics in America kind of started where everyone else started. They weren't just superheroes. There were crime comics. I believe the first actual published uh, graphic novel was a crime story actually uh, illustrated by a black artist. So there were crime comics horror comics romance sorry romance comics horror comics things like that but again moral outrage uh, these comic books are warping children's minds and all of a sudden the comic code comes into existence this hmm. is a very short history by thanks, the way thanks frederick Wortham. yes exactly seduction of the innocent yes. was a was a short film i believe that was it about a book. this it was book. okay yeah. i've i've only seen the short film that ends with like a, a a child gouging another child's eye out with a
1: stick or something like that yeah, that was a that wasn't was... Takashi Miike? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that takashi
0: mike? i'm was... sure he made the remake
2: well,
1: there was like a, a famous Comic, I forget the title, but it included like a woman's eye being menaced with a hypodermic needle, which doesn't I'm certain yeah. it was an EC
2: book. But yeah. so
1: the thing
2: you're talking about, Seduction of the Innocent, was a book by a very prominent at the time psychologist, a children psychologist, who said how he was attesting the comic books were ruining the minds of children, most specifically horror and crime books popularized by EC. But he wasn't a fan of the homosexual overtones of comics like Batman exactly. or One Woman either. Mm-hmm. And the video you're referring to was basically like the reefer madness of that <laughs> yeah. time made in response to it, which ends with it implying, like, yeah, this kid's going to kill another kid because he saw somebody get stabbed in a crime comic. And that led to the creation. There were a ton of, you know, uh, hearings, Senate hearings, and all that. And it eventually led to self governance and the creation of the Comic Code Authority, which. Basically made everything EC Comics published illegal, made superhero comics much softer and introduced things like in Batman comics they introduced an old aunt to hang out with Batman and got rid of Alfred because they're like – the, the, at the time, it
3: was Three like, generations of homosexuals, how dare they? I suppose it was seen can as like— can only have
2: two. <laughs> I suppose at the time, it was seen as like a gay stereotype that uh, a rich man living with his young ward and then his also gay butler. So instead, they get rid of Sitting it. Sitting
1: around in dressing gowns. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and they get rid of the butler, and then they introduce Batgirl and Catwoman more as a sexual— Thing for Batman. But anyway, so yeah. that that was the response to it then, and eventually it calmed down. Though it, it almost killed comic books as as a major medium until it came back in the, in the wacky,
0: crazy 60s. Yeah, and I mean, Mad Magazine exists because of the comic code, because they're like, we still want to do our weird, gross, subversive stuff, mm-hmm. but we're not going to call it a comic. It's now a magazine, which Isn't is not... black and white, yes, so exactly. it
2: softens the blow. But or... it's
0: important that we mention the comic code, because always what happens was in the face of possible government censorship, there is a, a self-appointed... Uh, self-enforced board of censorship that that industries usually create in order to avoid, you know, being banned outright by entire governments and things like that. Well, I
2: think that, at least from an American perspective, I I think both with comics and video games, and and then with music, too, that you see this thing of, they walk up to the edge of the government getting a hand in art, specifically in creating, like, the art board or whatever, and having government-mandated censorship, and then they just kind of whisper to the corporations just censor yourselves we don't want to open this kind yeah. of worms and so they end up doing that anyway but that th- that it was the case comic code which was in effect until I mean, it was basically ignored and and weakened and softened into the 70s and 80s. And then lots of big stuff started being published without the comic code authority on it. And by 2000, even Marvel and DC just dumped it.
0: Yeah, it eventually went away. I did notice that. I never really really read a lot of superhero comics, but I eventually noticed the comic code did go away. But I think it's still on, like, Archie Comics. Like, Sonic (laughs) is still A-OK, folks.
2: Yeah, it might be. I I, I had heard it was pretty much dead.
0: So uh, another – oh, Jeremy.
3: uh, I was just going to say – yeah, there was a lot of pushback against the Comics Code mm-hmm. in the '70s because you know creators wanted to address serious topics in both Spider-Man and Green Arrow. Yep. I think um, both had stories involving um, you know drug use, and it was it was you know commentaries against like cautionary yes, tales right. against it was what the moral guardians would want. It was, a and PSA. I think I think that was really what sort of uh, revealed the the inanity of the Comics Code Authority
2: because mm-hmm. yeah. they wanted to show. They wanted to make really what was kind of a in Green Arrow specifically they made what was a very cornball PSA about how heroin is bad mm-hmm. but the very f- existence of the comic codes rules were you can't even say heroin to say it's bad. You'd be you saying say we say heroin. Smack! You yeah. <laughs> well, have like, to say drugs like he's yeah. on drugs. That and applied then, to a yeah, lot of other drugs. things
1: like for, for Marvel Comics they didn't have zombies they had Zuvembis. Oh, they wow. didn't have <laughs> the mafia they had the Magia.
0: Mafia. God so were zombies too close to the occult for Marvel, yes. like are, are yeah. yeah okay. So we're gonna well, get, we're gonna get to. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's all what the culture wants to enforce the the popular culture at large. Um,
3: I so, didn't realize the Magia was actually <laughs> a response to the Comics Code Authority.
1: Yes, or I maybe that they was didn't just like the mafia. veiled, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: like the Kuyaza
0: <laughs> so uh, a few more instances of censorship uh, in terms of mediums um, or media rather movies in America were pretty um, you know there were there was no governance over what kind of content if you look at things like um, Fritz long's um, what's the word I'm looking for the movie uh, Metropolis? There you go. Thank you. Metropolis. There's like nudity in it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like really Mm -hmm. salacious gowns and you can see breasts and things like that. This happened before the Hays Code came into effect. (laughs) And um, essentially it made it so uh, these movies had to abide by all of these rules, again, that were uh, enforcing the cultural values of the time, which in in this case were pretty racist. And one of the rules was like no miscegenation, no black or white relations should be mixing, no race mixing at all. That's – we don't want this in our white, white movies. So, again, um, these cultures – Uh, These cultural values were not shared by everybody, but they were the kind of dominant values at the time. And it's funny how uh, certain directors love to find ways to sneak things past this. Like Alfred Hitchcock, for instance, um, you couldn't show a, a toilet. In, in a movie, for example, with the Hayes Code, or a toilet flushing, I believe. So he made it so, um, I believe, Norman Bates tears up uh, the letter the girl he kills writes and flushes it down the toilet after he kills her. So that was an important part of the movie, and he fought them on that. And he won. So he broke new ground in showing flushing toilets in movies. So thank you, Alfred Hitchcock, for doing that. But, I mean, uh, noir movies, all kinds of uh, great subversive or- directors love to break these rules or find ways to break them Is- cleverly. Isn't
1: that also why, like, in movies and TV shows at the time, you always have had husbands and wives sleeping in separate beds. Exactly, yes. I mean, and even in movies
0: too, you would see that. And it, I mean, it was always like something you would giggle at like later in life because unless unless your parents were really on the rocks, I don't think they slept in separate <laughs> no. beds.
2: You'd have to really be
0: on the rocks to just invest in separate yes. beds. Like we're going is out and buying separate beds, honey.
1: Is it time to push the beds together again? <laughs> was that Ned Flanders? <laughs> or, uh, no, no, no. I, th- I think that might predate Ned Flanders. Okay, I
0: don't know. yeah. So again with movies, we have the MPAA uh, coming into being as a a self-governing board but again um, they have values that not a lot of other people share. Uh, for a long time it was really hard to get uh, content involving um, you know gay relationships in the movies without them immediately marking it an X rating or something like that. So mm-hmm. again they, were, they are reflecting popular values and in this in this sense these are Christian values for some um, people.
2: Uh, yeah, the, the documentary this film is not yet rated really dug into a lot of the hypocrisy in there. Often on the sex side of things uh, they would they, they made a differentiation between the explicitness of a sex act between a heterosexual couple would be allowed, but that same level of explicitness mm-hmm. between a gay couple would not be allowed. Yeah, that's or, a great
0: uh, documentary, yeah. by the way. Yeah,
2: yeah. and uh, in, in terms of comics, you should really read The
0: Tencent Plague. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic, super long overview of how censorship changed comics in America. So I have one more example of self-governance in terms of content. Um in this case, I don't believe any content was exactly changed. It was more of a warning, and that was the infamous explicit lyrics uh, sticker, which I believe was spearheaded by Tipper Gore, yeah, who seems did. like the ultimate buzzkill. And I'm not surprised <laughs> why Al left her eventually. Because if you go back, wow. if you go back, hey, if you go back to these old videos of her like freaking out about music, she just seems like unhinged, and for for things that are are frankly. I think innocuous in, in the long run. I mean, this was the pre-internet age. Any any child could go online onto YouTube and look up any NWA song on their own if they wanted to. But at this point you needed there were there were gatekeepers, then that was the 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 music stores and things like that. So there there was a, an explicit lyrics sticker in this case put on things. I don't think there were any um lyrics change. I know that um whoever wrote uh Two Life Crew, they had like a First Amendment uh, sort of battle, and I think they won that in terms of uh, lyrics, explicit lyrics. For uh they they did the song Misa so Horny and all that thing. I mean,
3: mm-hmm. it
1: wasn't it wasn't That's good. That's probably the most tame song. Yes. What
3: you do see now are um, alternate versions of albums sold at like Walmart yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're
0: right. Walmart will not stock the explicit uh, lyric albums. What? But also who buys albums
2: at a store like I you was know, in a Target you be surprised I <laughs> was, yeah but I, I was in a Target yesterday and I had the thought of walking by like CDs and felt like oh how retro like CDs like a thing you buy but <laughs> people do still buy them I don't want to sound like an elitist who is, who's moved past CDs but I do recall like uh, you know in my stupid teen years I, I bought the first Eminem CD and the uh uh, there was the cleaned up version of it that they sold at stores, which he, it was just him basically re-recording new lyrics to half of his wow. half of the song. It's like and, the airplane edit, you know, <laughs> the version you
0: listen to in an airplane.
2: There's one song; it is uh, one of his least popular songs on that album, but it's where the story is that he gives a girl too many mushrooms, uh, psychedelic mushrooms, and she goes into a coma. And, <laughs> oh, that old yarn! But then in the but so in the cleaned up version, he. She's allergic to regular mushrooms that she put that he puts on a pizza. Jesus, and wow, that is what happens. Just like the Radio Disney
0: version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about you change the lyrics to, I want to hug and kiss you. That Everyone would enjoy that. <laughs> oh, that's
1: beautiful. That.
0: <laughs> so again, this episode is meant to be, uh, those are some examples. I mean, I just wanted to point out that uh, video games are not alone in, in being fought against in terms of, oh, this isn't right. Our children are going to kill each other. This is going to warp mm-hmm. our values. I think people are calming down much more than they used to. But I want to explore various cases of this over the years and how, and how I want to show people who might be a little upset about common cases of censorship these days that it used to be a lot worse. We're actually in like a very good era in terms of uh, people not sanitizing things as much as they used to. And I do want to point out, this episode is mainly going to deal with the American side of things because I was was going to attempt to jump into other censorship in like Europe and Germany and Australia, but that's a whole nother can of worms that I think you can can do an episode for every country. And Australia in particular seems like the most um, reactionary in terms of video game content. You guys have heard stories and read stories about like this game is banned and if you live in Australia, you have to order your games in New Zealand and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Any any other examples of that? I mean, I know it it feels like their government really is uh, kind of behind in terms of this, uh, Uh, like
2: accepting video games as entertainment. I believe they lightened up on it, but they, uh, for a certain time, I believe it was under the same ratings board that they did their movies. And so when it got the 18, I believe it was rating, for a movie or, or a video game, you didn't sell it there. But it was as simple as just going to New Zealand and buying mm-hmm. it.
1: Now that that's like, yeah, just go to New Zealand. That seems pretty easy, right? Well, Must be right next door. Unless I'm wrong, like they, there was a, a push to have games re- rated the same way as movies because their games ratings just didn't have mm-hmm. an 18 plus. So you couldn't uh, market right. anything there that would be rated an 18 plus. I see. Uh, yeah. And that, that happened with like Fallout 3 was unavailable in Australia for a while long time. Wow, uh, yeah. GTA 3 had to be toned down. I actually – have an Australian copy of GTA Three that, like, I ordered special for a feature at Games Radar. <laughs> that, like, you can't pick up prostitutes. There's not much blood. Uh, yeah, mm.
3: are f- they are they afraid of recidivism? There, like, well, everyone here came from a criminal
0: <laughs> stock. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wow, <laughs> we don't want to influence anyone unduly. All of our Australian subscribers just unsubscribed. Yeah, if, if you're an Australian and let us know what uh, censorship is like there. I, I don't know if it's as, as draconian as it used to be, but I, I'm feeling it's still a little backwards in terms I mean, I of. I,
3: I've been. S- I, I've seen. Stories about Australian bands as recently as a few years ago, mm. so mm. I can't yeah. remember what it was for. Yeah. But it's not—it's not been that long, so that
2: that may still be in effect. And then there's the stuff you read about, you know, Germany cuts a lot of oh, stuff yeah. you would uh, you would expect, uh, and also like though it's not censored in Japan, I feel I, I believe their zero rating is pretty much the same as an AO rating is here with the SRB, and it and I think as I recall, it's not. I mean, sex is definitely a thing there too uh, that that will get cause a zero rating, but like decapitation, just any like ca- a, a dismemberment is a big no no. In in, in
0: this, we're things. gonna get into why and the true story behind that is oh, terrible. Oh, yes, no. yes, yes, oh, uh, no. I do want to address that because I just. You know, really found out about it recently, and I think more people need to know about it. So, yes, uh, I want to ask you guys, can you recall the first time we actually picked up on a game uh, that there was censorship in? Like, when was the first time you noticed, like, mm-hmm. this This could be censored? And in terms of uh, my, my own experience, I remember playing Earthbound, and I believe the first boss you fight, uh, usually when you fight a boss, you go up to them, you talk to them, they, like, diss you a bunch before the fight starts, and his last thing was like, don't go to heaven! And I was like, are they... Were they winking at me like they wanted to say "go uh, to hell" yeah. and things like the, <laughs> things like Chrono Trigger, where you pour soda on Toma's grave or whatever? Like it was obvious. Like you, this was alcohol. Like you were saying, "go to hell." Uh, Jeremy, it, w- can you think of anything you picked up on as a kid or a teen or whatever? You're like, they they changed this, didn't they? They this was this had a cross in it at, at one point or something like that. I mean, Castlevania, obviously that's a that's a huge one. With, yeah, uh, I'm trying the to remember. I'm
3: trying to remember when I discovered Castlevania had censorship to like statuary being more fully clad in the American version right. or Medusa losing her femininity altogether in Castlevania Three. But I didn't know that at the time. I did think it was kind of weird that, hey, why is this Medusa a dude? <laughs> um, Medusa. Medusa. What? <laughs> hey, they need love uh, too. But, yeah, the, the the Toma Levine pouring soda over, uh, having you <laughs> pour soda over his grave, like that <laughs> That stood out. This Mr. Pib holds my memories. (laughs) I remember actually being uh, surprised that Golgo 13 was not censored on NES. Oh, yeah. Yes, Um, yes. It really slipped through. That was kind of a – that was like a – kind of a a schoolyard, um, like, (laughs) teehee. Someone told me, like, oh, yeah, you go and smoke cigarettes to gain health. It's the
1: best game ever. I I
3: was really curious, and I rented it, and then I got to a sex scene. and was like,
1: what? Am I remembering (laughs)
0: correctly in that you're actually good at Golgo 13? the NES I have, game. I have finished Golgo oh, 13. lord! Jeremy. That
1: makes him the best Call 13 player around. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're yeah. gonna be you're, you're I, re- recruited by an actual it. sniper society. I finished it when I was a kid when it was still relatively new, and I picked it up a few years ago. And it's like I, I don't think I made it past level one. I think well, it's they, one of those. they reversed the jump and attack yeah. buttons, yeah, 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 those yeah. bastards. And, and that's uh, the the ads for it. Or if I can just take a little aside into oh, stupid no, trivia, for it. the ads for it was like so much action you'll wear out the B button. It's like the B button is jumping your stupid game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Even the even the ad people thought it was wrong. Yeah. They wanted it changed. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael, how about you? Anything that stuck out to you as like someone growing uh, up being like, you changed this? There's like...
1: probably a bunch of things that I'll remember after the fact. <laughs> so I'll just say the uh, – I guess I was old enough by the time Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 came out that like the, the cafes everywhere were yeah. just kind of like, really? <laughs> They're going to go to a cafe and drink milk? Yes. They're not going to go to a bar or, yeah, and, 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 like, just realizing, like, yeah, that happens in a lot of Nintendo games, doesn't it? Or yeah. it's just like, yeah, a lot of people spend time in cafes. It was
0: like that in Earthbound as well. I think the localizer was just, like, so winky because uh, you go into a bar and there were, like, drunk middle-aged people and they're like, I've had too much caffeine today. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I know. I, I've had too much caffeine. I don't look like you. Uh, I'm usually vibrating and very uh, anxious. Mm. Uh, Jerry, I'm sorry, Henry. Uh, anything yeah. from you?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, it's tough. I think... I definitely remember in River City Ransom when I saw Butts, I was like, I never see Butts in other games. It was more of realizing perhaps other games cut them out when this one somehow kept it in when you go to the sauna or the gym in that game. Uh, But I also think... And Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 as well, but that was because I was making friend. I didn't have the internet. This was only like 96, so not many people I knew didn't have the internet. But I had made a new friend who – I was 14, but his – And he was too, but his older brother, he was online, and so he was like this. We thought he was the coolest guy who knew everything because he could just read online. Hey, do you know Shiva is like shows her boobs in the real Final Fantasy III, which is called Six? And we're like, what? How many Final Fantasies? Yeah. How did you know these things? You're magic. So I think that that might have been one of the first times I really realized it. Yeah, I think there's
3: something to the uh, to the notion that. You started to realize that games were censored when you came across games that weren't. Bionic Commando mm. is that way for me. Because yeah, yeah, you fight yeah. Hitler and he calls you a damn fool. Yeah. We're all like, <gasps> Wait, what's the name like Then Dr. we blew up Hitler, his Master, his D. Master, Master D. Master D. Yeah. Then we blew up Hitler and his head exploded gorily. Just chunks we're of like, <laughs> Other games don't do this. And I I actually I think that may be where we realized like mm. you know, they they censor games and somehow this one didn't get censored.
0: So I wanted to, uh, I linked you guys to an article and it's cool if you didn't get a chance to check it out, but this article has been on the internet for, I swear to God, uh, 20 years, and it's still up in its original format on like tripod or whatever. It's called The Expurgation of Maniac Mansion, and as a kid, just like, as soon as I got on the internet, I'm like, I, I want to read about Maniac Mansion, who's written about it, are there are there more Maniac Mansions I need to know about, and this was one of the first things that came up. It's essentially someone, I believe his name is Douglas Crockford, and he was working on the port for the NES, and uh, it's basically an account of how how contradictory and strange and just uh, just frustrating the censorship was that was being enforced by Nintendo and there are some changes to maniac Mansion that don't necessarily ruin the game but make it a little different than the PC version of course they take away some of the classical art that features female nudity um, they take down dead cousin Ted's like Playboy mummy centerfold with, with no nudity <laughs> it's just a cute joke and in the uh, in the PC version I guess this is this is a fair cut I mean nurse Edna it does want to have sex with the college students that come into her room, uh, <laughs> probably without their consent, because she says uh, you're lucky I didn't tie you to my bed when she captures you. So um, mm. in the NES version, she just comes off as like a stern scold, like mm. I, I, you're lucky I didn't call your parents. Which, yes, I can understand why that's not a Nintendo well, game. But th-
1: there was one line I, because re- I read that article too, um, and that was cut when you call up uh, Nurse Edna and don't say anything, and she's like. Is this an obscene phone call? Because there's no heavy breathing. Yes, Better exactly. Do it right. And she was a real <laughs> Here perp. let me show you.
0: <laughs> and she's a in day of the tentacle, too, so that's her that's her character. But um one other change that was weird was uh I mean I, I will link to this article, please read it. It's a really good insider account of what it was like to work on a game that was uh you know that needed censorship. And one of them was the scum system was what Maniac Mansion ran on, and it stands for a script utility, script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. And in the credits it says NES scum system by and the people who made the scum system for the NES. And the people were, would be like, um, sorry, the N- Nintendo would be like, why does it say NES scum system? What's this mean? They, they explain this. And like, we don't know if we want the word NES being next to scum. So I don't even <laughs> think they mentioned scum. <laughs> it's like or... you're
1: calling a scum. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. So I, I
0: I could be wrong about this, but it either just says scum system or it's not in there at all. But NES is not near scum system in that In that uh, credit sequence. So, yeah, I mean, they were very, very touchy. But, again, uh, they had to be paying attention to all the content in the game, and a lot of it did slip through. So, like the Hayes Code, the NES censorship code had a a number of, like, you know, rules to follow. And I'll I'll go over these really quick, and maybe, maybe we can think of a few things that didn't follow them. So... Uh, So, uh, no, Nintendo would not approve of any games that include sexually suggestive or explicit content, including rape and or nudity. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of nudity that I can recall in NES games. Um, In the Japanese version of Galgo
3: 13, the the hotel sequences have nipple. The oh, wow. uh, the American versions do not, but they did not cut out the, the very obvious silhouettes yes. coming together. <laughs> and mm. That's how babies are made. And
1: then the health bar refilling, which then led to a schoolyard rumor that that's what was happening in Zelda 2 when mm. you go into the woman's house to refill your health. That's right. Oh, man, yeah.
2: Zelda, yeah, I forgot about that. And the previously mentioned River City Ransom butts. Yeah, I think the lady was giving Link
0: special hugs. That's <laughs> what my mom told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another one is uh, they do not approve of games that contain language or depictions, which specifically denigrates members of either sex uh, and what was isn't the first line in War 13 just a woman or whatever you're, you're just no, that's a woman ninja gaiden. oh ninja gaiden yes yeah, so just
1: a girl get out of here
0: ryo hayabusa you're you're on red alert for this one um, so they cannot depict random gratuitous and or excessive violence we already mentioned hitler's head exploding uh, depict graphic illustration of death um depict domestic violence and or abuse and one of these i can think of is in in mother 2 slash earthbound um After the prologue, when you bring Pokey and Picky back to their parents' house, uh, their dad chases them upstairs and in the American version you just hear the sound of a door slamming in the Japanese version you hear the sound of them getting spanked so uh, that was one thing they changed for uh, for the American version that I can think of so
1: see that actually makes more sense than a door slamming
0: yes exactly like why else would he be chasing them upstairs so uh, games that reflect ethnic, religious, nationalistic or sexual stereotypes of, or language this includes symbols that are related to any type of racial, religious, nationalistic or ethnic groups such as crosses, pentagrams, gods or gods but apparently Romans mythological gods are okay and they had no problems throwing Hindus under the bus either because it was like your gods are just silly fun creatures we can
3: summon in (laughs) battle like yeah (laughs)
1: religion isn't real yeah Uh, this is is
3: something that makes uh, Bina Commando interesting because they did take out a lot of swastikas that's right yeah and uh, like uh, you know a lot of German Nazi symbolism Uh, but you know then they kept Hitler exploding at the end so
1: I like yeah. to think the censors just didn't make it that far. Me too. Well, yeah. know, it's okay, it's Capcom. I don't know
3: right. how it was done back then, but when people submit games to ESRB for ratings, um, the ESRB does not like play these games in their entirety. They're given like a videotape where the yeah. the publisher says like Here are the objectionable material mm-hmm. in the game. Here's the objectionable material. Here are the parts that will cause a problem." So let's let's list it for you what the issues are and give you, like, a, kind of a synopsis of it. This
0: has so much comic mischief in
3: it. It's going to yeah. blow your mind. Yeah. Well, and
2: it's expected that you're not – that they're not being lied to. Yeah. Right? Right. And if they are – There's an they, assumption of faith. Yeah. yeah faith. And, and if Speaking you, of faith – And if you let – if you disrupt that faith, there will be consequences for that. Like, the SRB is not going to trust you as much mm-hmm. next
1: time. Well, I wanted to point out – it was strange that, like, you know, everybody knows about Castlevania. The crucifixes got turned into boomerangs. Uh, they were censored outright from the game uh, – Crosses were taken out of DuckTales, and yet what is on the front of Link's original shield? Oh,
0: yeah. You're right. He's he's a big old Christian. (laughs) (laughs) And so Majora's Mask when he gets the uh, the Islamic uh, crescent moon on his shield. Mm, But they did take that off. We'll get to that later, though.
2: But there's no no Christ in the world of of Hyrule, so it's not a Christian
0: Symbols there, there's so much. A, there's official Link to the Past art of him, like, literally praying in church to a crucifix on his knees. Like, official <laughs> oh, wow. Nintendo art. So, Link is a Christian, well, I remember in case in, you're wondering.
2: In Dragon Quest uh, Two, I believe it was, when the, you ha- started having party members who would be walking around in caskets behind you if they were <laughs> dead, like... Those had tridents on them that I feel certain were crosses oh, they had in to be, the yeah. Japanese version.
0: They might have but. been turned into ghosts at some point just to avoid the cross thing altogether, yeah. like yeah. little know, so floaty like, ghosts.
1: It could be a Hindu thing again because mm-hmm. the the Hindus have like a s- sacred trident. But you also go to literal churches to resurrect your team and ah. talk to a
2: nun. And yeah, so. they, they play very churchy music too with organs da, and everything. Da, 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 da. Yeah,
0: now they have their own symbol. It's like an eagle
2: sort of
0: thing. Yeah, it's like the uh, the erdic or, Erdric Erdric. or Lodo or loto or whatever you want to say. Yeah. I, yeah, I prefer Roto. So we also have they will not approve games that use profanity or obscenity in any form, or incorporate language or gestures that could be offensive by prevailing public standards and tastes. <laughs> So take that as you will. Not a lot of cursing. I mean, we do have... Uh, I think this, the, the harshest curse I've, I saw in a Nintendo game was damn. Mm-hmm. And that was probably by Commando. I'm sure it popped up at least more than that. Maybe one other time. But um, they were pretty good about language. Mainly because things weren't translated properly. So uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of curses didn't make the cuts. I like
1: to think that somewhere in the secret uh, tunnels in Final Fantasy IV, there's like a dwarf that nobody's discovered. that just says <laughs> damn ass hell. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, games, they will not
0: approve of games that incorporate or encourage the use of illegal drugs, smoking materials, and or alcohol. Nintendo does not allow a beer or cigarette ad to be placed on an arena, stadium, or playing field, wall, or fence in a sports game. <laughs> so it's funny that I feel like uh, a Jap- the Japanese culture, I don't mean to broadly stereotype, but I feel like they're much more comfortable with drinking in terms Giant. of it being a normal human behavior and uh, in terms of their games, there's a lot of drinking in things like Dragon Quest and a lot of games where it wouldn't normally show up. Uh, like in Wario Land 2, one of Wario's powers is essentially him being drunk. But instead of being drunk in the American version, he's now Crazy Wario. And I think it's like Final Fantasy Adventure. He's crunk. Crunk Wario, yeah. <laughs> is it Final Fantasy Adventure that there's the, the, banana, the banana smuggling side That's quest? That's Final Fantasy Legends. I, I confuse them all the time. But in, um, in the Japanese version, it's literally heroin. Like, in that cutesy wow. little game, there's a, there's a heroin smuggling uh, side quest. So, yeah, uh, they were really c- careful to sanitize this stuff. I can't think of anything yeah. that really made the cut. It, I mean— This
1: is why Virtual Fighter could have never been on a Nintendo console. You would have had to have had Soda Master Shundi. <laughs> Soda Master. <laughs>
2: oh, man, his teeth are so bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. that is—I never even thought of how strange it was to not see, like, beer ads in stadiums and playing in a sports game. You still kind of—you don't see that in— Even like Madden or whatever, I feel like that'll still get you, like, uh, references to alcohol or smoking is going to get you uh, an M rating Mm -hmm. these days.
0: And uh, games cannot include subliminal political messages or overt political statements. So they can't be subliminal, liminal, or superliminal. And it's weird that they have a game called North vs. South where conceivably the South could win the Civil War. So I I wonder how they thought about that.
3: (laughs) They set all the slaves free in celebration. Okay. Like, all right, guys, we won. <laughs> they also Go had, home. had,
1: like, a, uh, an American Revolution strategy game. Like, it was by Koei. It was along the same lines as Nobunaga's ambition. where Liberty they, or death? That, that could yeah. be, yeah. Where uh, England could have won.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, I guess I guess there was the uh, the socks the cat rocks the hill game, uh, in which some of the enemies were like Richard Nixon and other Republicans, and and I guess there was some anxiety, and maybe that's why the game never got released. I'm not sure if it was worthy of release. It didn't look very good. R. R. I. P. Socks, by the way, you're a true hero. I bet
2: it's also
1: very
0: bad. Yes, it seems yeah, like that, it was. It,
1: it seems like it would have been a, a 90s artifact that belonged just. Securely in that. Yeah, release. I mean, socks mania didn't last very long. No. I, think. I
0: think it was, it was strictly 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as we talked about, of course, um, someone had to be looking at these games. We're not sure what their process was. It could just have been an internal thing, like, "Hey, hey, Tom and PR, uh, play this for half an hour and tell us if anything freaks you out." But uh, we talked about some stuff that slipped by. I think the Mac Venture games were surprisingly mature, the NES ports of these games. Like Deja Vu, you're like drugging people. Uh, you're tying people up. There's like people locked up in trunks. You can shoot people. You can even shoot yourself. Uh, one of the things that scared the hell out of me as a kid was Shadowgate because I was just playing around. And it's like, I wonder what will happen if I use a sword on myself. And there's like a graphic depiction of you cutting yourself apart and blood spilling out oh, and geez. you're dead now. <clears> so <throat> maybe the fact that it was just text meant that they can get away with it. But these games are remarkably mature, and they got away with a lot of stuff, especially Deja Vu, which is, like, a super seedy noir send-up that was still had, like, the, the grittiness of a noir movie.
1: Well, Deja Vu, there's something that was, I think, printed in Nintendo Power that always sticks with me. They did, like, a, a strategy thing. And he's like talking to a woman, and they have the text like "sweet as a lemon." I ended the conversation with a swift right hook. It's like you yes. punched a
2: woman. Yes, you can. <laughs> I guess you can punch women in this game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I wonder too if they were just going through different channels for American published things than Japanese th- uh, things that came through Japan instead. Like, mm. were they going past different guards uh, of, of stuff who maybe were either just more lax or more, or, or there were smaller teams. Who, uh, who knows? But yeah, it was such
0: I, an unorganized process back then.
2: I think a little background, though, to Nintendo's Nintendo's very strict rules, it has to at least be partially in response to them just trying to not be Atari with the NES in general. Like mm-hmm. all, and the Atari was fa- – not that Atari, like, themselves wanted to publish Custer's Revenge or disgusting junk <laughs> like that. But it it got, like, big news at the time that you could play that or beat them and eat them on their system.
1: I guess the Swedish erotica games.
2: <laughs> and so, so many. <laughs> I think Nintendo was just trying to have a more tight grip on it to make it clear to parents, too. Like, no, this is for your children. This is safe for your children. If, not like that scuzzy Atari. What if my
0: son wants bubble bath babes for Christmas? What do I tell him? <laughs> I'll buy him Wario's Woods instead. It built strong bones. Um, so, what else is happening here? Uh, Nintendo uh, started to look bad by the early '90s as gamers, quote unquote, grew up. Uh, not really; they just wanted trash in terms of violence and sex. Um, but they wanted these things, and Nintendo was beginning to look like backwards and uh, not great in, in terms of uh, their competition, the Sega Genesis, who was like, "Yes, put your put your gross stuff on our system." Even though Sega did censor some stuff themselves, they weren't completely out of this censorship game. Um, but again, I think Mortal Kombat of all things really turned the tide because Nintendo, their version of Mortal Kombat looked good, but you had the uh, the white blood, the censored fatalities. I mean, you were really going to play that game for the fatalities and almost uh, for the gameplay. Yes, I mean some of them were intact, but there were the ones that did not involve dismemberment or like
2: hearts being pulled out or heads being ripped off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid growing up at that time, that is when you're becoming savvy enough at age 10 to 12 or whatever to know that Nintendo, to pick up on Sega's marketing message as well, that Nintendo is giving you less than what other people can give you in terms of violence or sex or edginess, in general edginess. And so, I mean, that was totally Sega's marketing point of like, we're we're more grown up than Nintendo, we're going to sell you these things, and... Uh, you get hit with that so much that then when you see such an obvious example of looking at Mortal Kombat on the Super NES versus Mortal Kombat on the Genesis, it does feel silly. And you're just like, hey, wait a minute. I have the, – the, the blinds because are the, off. Because the
3: excessive blood in Mortal Kombat was not silly at all.
2: Certainly not. It was grown <laughs> up for grown up kids like me and I'm a – Big boy now. <laughs>
1: yep.
2: I'm Every, a big boy, and I want some big
1: blood. <laughs> if, if you get hit with an uppercut, an entire can of tomato paste is going to fly out of your mouth. Exactly, and I want all that tomato paste. It mm-hmm. is sort of like how uh, the UK
0: had the video nasties, and some of them were disgusting and reprehensible. But I would not want to ban them from public viewing, like Last House on the Left. Obviously, lots of hor- horrifying rape in that movie. Mm-hmm. But they did have things like like Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, and uh, uh, these movies are just like Warner Brothers cartoons with fake like Kool Aid being thrown around. They're the silliest, goofiest things. And the fact that they actually concern people just makes me laugh in retrospect. Like You, you, you looked at the silly thing and you thought it was like dangerous? Well,
1: Clockwork Orange was actually yeah. banned in the UK for years and years and like to the point where there was a theater in Paris that was specifically set up to show Clockwork Orange to uh, English people who were coming over. So it just had, like, one print that was worn completely out from being shown over and over (laughs) again.
2: Well, I I love Clockwork Orange, but in the defense of that censorship, it was also – that was self-censoring by Kubrick. Like, Kubrick supported it. That's true. There there was – I believe there was some sort of copycat – Attacks in England at the time that were inspired by the film.
1: Englishmen just aren't mature enough to handle this movie. (laughs) So he
2: was he was fine. I don't think it. I don't think it played in England in a theater until after his passing. Like, but. Uh, yeah, I think with Sega, they were they also were just getting more into the scatological stuff that Nintendo wasn't so into, like the Boogerman and the <laughs> all that. Boogerman, jeez. Was there a Kickstarter for that recently? I think there was. Just, I think it failed as, uh, as much as the Dizzy the Egg re-comeback failed. Boogerman could
0: not make it to the 21st century, unfortunately. But <laughs> His time has passed. Yes. Uh, this episode is really meant to be a companion piece to one that Henry was on. It's the, I think it was the History of Video Game Violence. It might be episode five of this uh, reboot of Retronauts. But... I don't want to cover a lot of the same ground. I do want to briefly touch upon the the violence and the way the government responded to it, uh, which frankly wasted everyone's time. But I think it set an important precedent uh, that these these things were not going to destroy society. And it was a couple senators, one notable one is Joseph Lieberman, just kind of freaking out over games that do seem fairly tame in retrospect. I mean, Night Trap was one of them, and I don't know if they actually looked at the content because, again— this is something that could be broadcast on TV. Even then, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, I don't even think know if there was actual blood shown. It was like usually just girls being dragged away into trap doors and stuff. I mean, this was this thing was like a, a made for a VHS console in the late '80s. It was as cheesy as you can get, but I guess they thought it represented a real threat because of the real people involved. You know, I, it, I, you know.
1: I think it's also to do with the uh, the perceived audience for video games. That's like, true this too. this is something yeah. for little children, and you're you're giving them. Uh, horror where sorority girls are being dragged off by vampires. Mm-hmm. This couldn't possibly be sold to anyone
2: over the age of twelve. So yeah, you're trying exactly. to poison children with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, I would I would bet myself that Lieberman was like handed a memo and they just said like Yeah, this this does sound horrible in this memo. Well, I think Dang they me. go into the details about it in that mm-hmm. book
1: Console Wars. Yes,
0: they do. Yeah. and we did cover this in the last episode from three years ago. But again, Nintendo was playing it super safe. They're like, our games are only for children, sir. And and we mm-hmm. cater to children.
1: But Throwing Sega under the bus saying, like, yes. they know what they're selling. Children uh, playing sweaty combat.
0: I believe that was probably Howard Lincoln that did that. I uh, believe Is that was. true, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. He was the dude. Yeah, he was the, so. he was the supreme bus thrower at the time. <laughs> so, uh, again, the ESRB, ESRB was created in 1994 as a way to self-regulate content. But as with the MPAA, it reflects certain values that all, not all Americans share. And, the, again, these people are just terrified of sex. Uh, And uh, it could be, again, that thing we talked about with the MPAA and that uh, homosexual or non-heterosexual relationships are viewed as – like uh, risque content just by existing. Um, mm. At least that's how I view it because it seems so rare that you see uh, gay relationships uh, or non heterosexual relationships mm. in games as not just like the one gay character you can date. You well, know?
2: I mean, like that. Uh, as as a queer person myself, I would at least like to see like oh they put one in here for this one scene. Like I remember playing the uh, skipping way ahead. I remember the, playing the. Fahrenheit slash Indigo Prophecy, and in that, there's, like, a character has just the stereotypical gay best friend. But for me, it was like, wow, an actual gay character in a real game who's just the dumb gay best friend who will talk to her and never be seen again. But I was so excited for that. But I feel like now, at least, thanks to indie games and more diverse voices making games, you're seeing a lot more representation that even if more publishers, are many publishers still aren't really putting that in their games. Yeah, I mean, Bully
0: had the famously, uh, the Over the Rainbow achievement, yeah. mm-hmm. which I got, and it's like uh, again, in that game, you can you can kiss all the boys you want to, you can kiss all the mm-hmm. girls you want to, it's all fair.
2: Rockstar has been more at the cutting edge of that than, than others, that's yeah. for sure. And speaking of Rockstar, my last point before we hit our
0: break is, uh, even with the SRB, we still had what I refer to as utter bullshit, like hot coffee, which uh, is completely just a, a shame that adults reacted to it. They're repeating what they did 10 years ago. And I'm not making a political statement, but I really feel like Hillary Clinton made mm-hmm. herself look so out of touch. And I think today's voters are thinking back upon hot coffee when she's like, you better Pokemon, go to the polls and vote for me, kids. And it's just like <laughs> you th- you were you were afraid of a of clothed polygons smashing into each other mm-hmm. ten years ago that could only be accessed by a hacking device. So I believe this caused a huge problem for Rockstar. Yeah. They had to pull games off the shelves, I believe, and uh- re sticker that what, or like
1: there was a lot of misinformation, and I, I see that all the time still a lot of willful misinformation where, like, the news story became about like, oh, you put in, you type in the code "hot coffee" into the game, and that's how you get this. Like, no, that's not what you have to buy a special device, and it only works with certain versions. And I can yeah. tell <laughs> you, I can tell you a retail
2: level anecdote about that. So I believe it was it was 04, 05 when it happened. Oh, yeah. Right. So I was working at Blockbuster Video when that happened, and uh, the I was having to explain to my coworkers what that even meant, and because we were renting GTA. San Andreas a lot. And they're like, wait, isn't this a sex game? And I was trying it's to explain. Like, no, it's a cheat and you need a secondary thing. It only works said, on uh, PS2 one. There's, there's a saucy puppet show hidden inside. And then came the day when it got uh, officially re-rated by the ESRB as AO. And we actually, like, I was part of taking it off the shelves until we got the re-rated versions from, from uh, mm. Rockstar. And so, again, I was trying to have to explain to them, but it was kind of just falling on deaf ears, the nuance of the situation and not that just this was a sex game. And also it's still like, so, but if finally you could take out the cheat to see terrible, like, simulated sex, you can still do every single other horrible thing in GTA. Mm -hmm. Though I also had been in the situation of Blockbuster of, like, Not being like the scold or whatever, not being like a prude. But when parents would rent Grand Theft Auto to them, I would a couple times. I was like, you know, these ratings are right. You did like I'm just pointing at the SRB thing. Like you see, you see what it says. This game has like, are you cool with that? If you at least bought this Star Wars game, he could still kill things, but not you know prostitutes. But I uh, don't think it really works. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think this really
0: inspired Rockstar to continue pushing the limit. And for as much as I think they're, they're very tone deaf with their satire and very toothless in some senses, I feel like they're good at... Throwing something out there and making it part of video game history, like, you are going to see a penis in this game and shut up. There's now a penis in a video game. Maybe there could be more penises. Like, they are really good at doing that. Naming a game the Ballad of Gay Tony. Like, there's a there's a gay character who is the central figure of this DLC. Like, they want to push the envelope in terms of, you know, including content that would be, like, frowned upon by the SRB, I think.
2: Well, yeah. in Red Dead Redemption, they, which they were making at the time of Hot Coffee, they really were not fans of the government because the government was getting all up in their business about seemingly selling porn to children. And so that's why the plot, the the actual enemy of Red Dead in Red Dead Redemption is the government being assholes to you the entire <laughs> time. And, it's an allegory. Know,
1: and I remember, like at at the time, like I was talking to people who were like, "Oh, Grand Theft Auto isn't that the game where you can just go around raping people?" Like, Jesus, them? no! Jesus. Yeah. Are yeah. you getting wow. this? The news really
0: stirred people up into a frenzy about this game without really understanding what it was about. And I um,
1: mean, in
2: daytime talk shows, like Monta, yeah. I recall. When GTA 3 was new, Montel Williams just did this whole thing on it <laughs> that was like shit playing in the bake, break room at the – Place I was working, and I was telling them like, it's not really what Montell Williams is talking about. That would really happen.
0: There's a, there's that famous, I believe it's a Fox News uh, still where it's the Massive, Mass Effect one. uh, uh yes. They found out you can have sex in the game, and it's like Sex Box. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect lets your children have sex with aliens, uh-huh. and everyone laughed at it because I think at this point we're like, no, just go to hell. We, we're okay with this. It's fine. Shut up. And there was no, there was no outrage.
1: Then there was like a conservative, uh, like blogger who took that and ran with it, and suddenly <laughs> it became like. Oh, you can reach out and rape anyone digitally online. God. Like, uh, why, why does this keep coming back <laughs> to that?
0: I think they're they're trying to like project their fantasies onto the audience. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we're gonna take our break now. I want to say one thing. I believe Bernie Sanders will be pro hot coffee, <laughs> and with that, we will take our break. <laughs> And we are back and I hope you enjoyed that little commercial break and we're going to talk about uh, just some common Japanese to English uh, censorship and changes because I feel like these are the most common ones. Um, obviously, American culture, especially in the 80s and 90s, was much different than Japanese culture and what uh, each country would accept was very different. And we talked about a few things already like, uh, you know, obviously addressing drinking, uh, addressing, you know, uh, Christianity and things like that. But I feel like in general, even today, there is a general aging up of female characters. I, I feel like we are, we uh, we want our, uh, are are girls that are attractive to be uh,
2: not not uh, not illegal, but maybe barely legal or well, uh, <laughs> so. The different, I mean, that is just a. It is to a degree a cultural thing, just like the age of consent is different in two different countries. It is it is what it is, and this is not to make a moral yeah, judgment yeah. on what number is a better number. But though now I'm sounding like somebody who <laughs> is, uh, oh, wait, just just, West
1: Virginia does it right. <laughs> Well, I think mainstream Japanese don't really find that as appropriate either. Yes, yes. I mean, sure, but...
2: Uh, see these are things I don't want to make exceptions about yes, Japan like yes. just to say like, "Well, I've been to Tokyo four times so I definitely know I've, Japan I've
0: like. watched lots of anime folks so I'm the authority <laughs> I've never been to Japan all I know is that in American versions of anime you have a lot of college girls who yeah. wear high school uniforms yes. mm-hmm. that's true I mean I think they stopped doing that because of uh, there's some precedent set even for that but that was a common oh. thing there'd be like a dub line snuck in like I just got back from college wink yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's especially they're all 19 it's yeah. especially confusing because in Japan junior high school is what we would call high school. And so, like, you get these teenagers saying, we're just junior high school students. And it's like, you look really well-developed for junior high school students.
0: Yes, exactly. And not just because they're drawn by horny animators. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Japan does treat Christianity with the same irreverence they treat most organized religions. uh, Just as they borrow, like, Shiva and uh, other gods uh, from other religions, they're like, hey, this Mm -hmm. cross looks cool. I'm going to make an entire anime series about it and why I'm depressed.
2: So... uh, (laughs) See, I didn't... I, I had been pretty guarded from the... Japan's love of Christian iconography until I think it, it felt like the same year I I played the game Xenogears and yes. saw the anime Evangelion, both of which just like bash you over the head with crosses the entire time. Uh, and I think actually they, I now I think back, it was probably mostly pointed out to me when I was reading the Toasty Frog, all uh, oh, right, uh, thumbnail theaters for for Evangelion. It's oh, created it by, by one be... Jeremy Parrish, who is <laughs> who is ass. not <laughs> who is
0: not owning up to it. But uh, people people <laughs> did enjoy those a lot. Jeremy, are they are those online thumbnail Somewhere, theaters? Okay, probably. yeah, those are those are Jeremy's like. Uh, Kind of uh, distillations of Evangelion.
3: Twenty years old. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. yep. So yes, and in that case of Xenogears, I think they were going for obvious uh, Christian allusions. In the case of Evangelion, I think it was like this stuff looks cool, and I think that the the creator almost just has said as much. Like I like this stuff. This stuff looks cool. There, there are cool like Latin words I can use. So let's go for it. But it's. He was
2: really into the Dead Sea Scrolls. That too. Yeah. About uh, Anno Hideki and what he was what he's into.
0: Except our Dead Sea Scrolls did not predict giant robots attacking uh, Earth, so it was kind of a letdown mm, man, in if that you, case. If you read the, like the sort of extra canon stuff about uh,
3: Evangelion, like the role of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the eggs and things like that, <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Yeah. Right? It, it reaches beyond Christianity though, right? I mean, I well, feel the like de- it, The Dead Sea Scrolls are supposedly like a set some... of instructions for like populating the planet with the... the
0: uh, it's... <laughs> Yes, but uh, Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, it's like an instruction manual,
0: basically. Life's little instruction manual. So (laughs) let's talk about Xenogears, uh, an important movement, I think, in terms of making us less anxious about things referencing Christianity in terms of iconography and names. Um, I I read an article about this that's based on an 8-4-Play podcast in which they reviewed Richard Honeywood, who was one of the main translators on the project. And apparently – Uh, Other translators on the project quit the project because they thought uh, Christian fundamentalists would would try to retaliate, would try to blow them up, would try to kill them because this sort of Christian-themed content, looking at it through an irreverent lens – was k- kind of new for video games, uh, and that was one of the reasons why they're like, "This might not come over here." Well, I couldn't I, I yeah.
2: see them; they're not that far removed from the film released of The Last Temptation of Christ, which did get uh, very vocal detractors against it, and there were like threats of violence. I Don't believe there was any violence. That actually. is true. Yeah,
0: and that was only a decade earlier, correct? Nineteen eighty-eight was
2: uh, Last so. yeah. Yeah. Well, The Last
3: Temptation. Well, I remember about, the thing about Xenogears is it doesn't really go after Christianity. There's some imagery but it's more about the concept of god and it's not really specific to like mm-hmm. the judeo-christian god.
0: What was the deal with the church in was there some sort of molestation
3: Yeah, I mean thing there was like a pedophile there? priest yeah. thing going
0: on. Yeah.
3: But even that wasn't I don't know like having grown up, you know, religious uh I did not sit there and, and take umbrage <laughs> to what Xenogears was saying. I I've, I had a lot of other complaints about the game, but it wasn't
1: like, <laughs> my religion, no! It was like, oh, this is so I, corny. I remember I, there was, there was a, an article in discussion on IGN way back in the day where they were talking about how Xenogears, uh, it's, it's not just like, you know, plenty of Japanese games have like uh, a crucified god at the end that you have to fight as a <laughs> yes. boss. But... This one actually raises questions about like religion and whether we need it at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody in the comments was like, "Oh, so Americans can't handle philosophy? Is that what they're <laughs> saying?" <laughs>
0: That's very true. Yeah, it's like it's like a d- discussion of belief systems and things like that uh-huh. uh, through the lens of an anime RPG. Mm-hmm. And I have this quote from Richard from that podcast, and this is this is what he said on the podcast. He says. Um, They, referring to the other translators, took every biblical reference they could and tried to twist it. One of the translators was worried about this and was like, I don't want to have fundamentalist Christians or other religious groups being upset and blowing up our office. And I guess in the States at the time, it was a concern. So I had two translators walk off the project and I was stuck there by myself. And he tells another story in that um, I believe he talked the Japanese uh, creators, maybe the director, he talked them out of naming the final boss Yahweh. It was originally Yahweh, which is, I believe, the Judaic name for God, right? Yeah. Uh, and apparently I never got to the end of Xenogears because I, I go to hell second disc, but uh, apparently the final <laughs> boss is named Deus, yeah. which just means God. I, I, yeah, God. yeah. Latin. But it's a yeah, less offensive I mean, uh, version of that term. Yeah,
3: like Yahweh would have been on the nose. Oh, yeah. but, but even so, it was— It would be like Allah or something. It was kind of difficult to be like, oh, they're dissing Christianity when— Like, at some point, there's Soylent Green happening. Yes, yes. (laughs) um, Like, the entire idea of the god was that he was an engine that powered a spaceship and crashed on a planet (laughs) and created humanity to become food for him to leave the planet. Like... That's not really <laughs>
0: reflecting what I remember seeing in Genesis. So. Well, one, thing, one thing I really love is that, like, uh, three years later in 2001, I was playing Dragon Quest 7, and when you get towards the end of the game, you you fight God. like, And he is literally the bearded Santa Claus God. <laughs> and he, I think he just fights you because he's bored. He's like, let's fight. It'll be yeah, fun. He's yeah. just like,
3: hey, can you—, can you Beat me in combat, and if you win, he's like, Ah, good job, way to go. That's a a very Dragon Ball Z. Yes.
1: Isn't God a final boss in the Simpsons game, also?
2: Yes, yeah. You Uh fight fight him in Dance Dance Revolution. That is what you do. But I think, um, you know, this brings me back to in the mid 90s, the stuff we were not getting or barely getting. Uh, which was also full of Judeo-Christian imagery with the Shimigami games. Like we barely like we got some on the Game Boy called Revelations, but I think those those took place in medieval-ish times. They were fantasy settings that you could have the remove of it, and then they even put out those like their Pokemon ripoffs that were I think they were called like, Demi Kids, or yeah, something like Demi that. Kids. Yeah. So it was it it really was what you know parents Christian parents who thought Pokemon was about. Capturing demons—that actually was what Demi Kids was about.
0: Yeah, actually, I did not get into the uh, the amazingly fascinating and somewhat hilarious fundamentalist reaction to Pokemon because. The, some people sincerely believe Pokemon was a sign of end times. Like, they're making packs with Japanese demons, <laughs> and they're going to take us over. So, yeah, I recommend you look up YouTube videos of preachers talking about Pokemon, because when they bring up, like, Pikachu as a, an evil figure, you'll laugh. Like, Clefairy, there's a picture of Clefairy, and the guy's, like, pointing at it with a with a pointer, like, this will bring us down, everybody. <laughs> but, so, <yes. laughs>
2: so, yeah, I think, Shin, I, I would bet Atlas just self-censored in the way that they just didn't localize many things that, like, we got the Jack Brothers in the Revelation games, but (sighs) we didn't get the original, like, the original Shin Megami didn't come out in America until it was an iOS app a few years ago. I have to think of what uh, America, how they were respond to Persona
0: 3 if that came out 10 years earlier, where it's like... People
1: at the time (laughs) thought Mm -hmm. it wouldn't get published. Yeah, yeah, even then, even then. I did, too. It's like, they're going to hold guns to their own heads smartly
0: I think that's a very iconic uh, ridiculous way to summon a demon is to shoot yourself in the head every time (laughs) I think smartly it was a smart choice to change it into magic glasses for Persona 4 it was like (laughs) I've got my magic
2: glasses dink
0: and (laughs) instead of like
2: and your tarot cards my tarot card and my magic glasses yeah
0: like tarot cards uh, pentagrams making packs with demon like this was like catnip for people looking for you know these issues in games luckily it came out late enough where I think and from a publisher like Atlas. you know, If this was a rock star game like Demon Summoner uh, New York or whatever they I would mean, call it, I'm sure yeah, it would have gotten a lot more attention.
3: Yeah, it's not like Xenogears was the first time we saw uh, Japanese RPGs approach ideas of, of Western religion. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, you know, Breath of Fire 2 had a really huge storyline around uh like a church and you know even Chrono Trigger had the cathedral where the nuns turned into La Mia and uh oh, Yeah. Like there there was all kinds of stuff like that. You fight God or the master the creator at the end of Final Fantasy Legend. It, it was it was pretty common. Um and actually Xenogears was predated by Final Fantasy Tactics, which has a much more bracing and direct yes. take on— Like, it's a hot take on Christianity. It's very like, hot. It's like oh, St. Ahura, who is actually Jesus, was actually a demon who turned into a
0: hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was hard, so hard to pull out of that badly translated game, though, I think. I, I mean, I didn't Maybe get it. that was their yeah. tr- protection there. Like, this is so badly translated,
2: right. nobody will get
0: it. Yeah. So, I mean— uh, They were not only afraid, not by they, I mean the industry. I mean, they were afraid of stepping on Christian toes, but also people of other religions like Muslims. Uh, One of the more infamous uh, removals of content was the Fire Temple in Ocarina of Time uh, sampled a Muslim call to prayer. And in fact, you can actually hear the word Allah being chanted in the background of the Fire Temple. And that was changed to a a MIDI version of that chant, I guess. Um, I I don't have a comparison between the two. Maybe I'll throw one in right now. Mm. And, and and also Link's Link's shield, the mirror shield, had the, um, the Islamic crescent uh, moon on it as well. Mm. And that and Ganon's red blood that happens when you do the final stab at the last boss fight, that is also removed in the second iteration of uh, Ocarina. I believe
2: it becomes green blood. It becomes green mm, blood, think, which is yeah. totally
0: cool. Yeah,
1: it's He's Vulcan. Yeah, there something similar that happened. <laughs>
2: to green little little blooded planet son planet of a too. bitch. Well, yeah, little green, uh, little big planet. Or one or two shipped with uh, is, is, I believe, some Islam- Islamic chanting or verses yeah, in or it, a, or a song then, that had some a of song, those. yeah, and so then. They just patched it out on release day. Like yeah. so, if you never uh, if you never went online with your copy, it technically was still in there, but it was gone the second you went online, which you'd need to do anyway, really, to do anything with that crappy mm. game. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about uh, Square Enix. It also reminds me of or Square when Final Fantasy seven came out and like shit and damn was being said in it, like that's when it hit me you could these characters could say these words? Like it was, was clear. clear. Wasn't wasn't all of it like garbled no. like <laughs>
3: It was, so, so it was really inconsistent. I, agree. I think it was, maybe a very... it was like a, an MPAA kind of thing. Where like you can have so many
0: instances of this word.
3: <laughs> the rest have to be.
0: Horrible. I think it was such a disorganized project with so many people working on yeah. it. Some people thought we can swear and some people thought we can. So you have Barrett saying like ampersand, like question mark, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then you have uh, sometimes he says ass like Sid says, uh, damn, ass, hell, whatever. So, yeah. Or maybe Sid swears are just more authentic. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um I did want to talk about American games being censored for Japan. I mean, it, it does work the other way around sometimes. And one of the more infamous instances is um And there's a good reason why you cannot detonate the bomb in Megaton in the Japanese version of Fallout 3. Why? uh, I
2: don't understand this (laughs) historical context. People
0: still being alive after, I guess, the only
2: uh, nuclear attack on civilians in world history. Both of them. Yeah, both of them, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, so
0: that character, the character who uh, recruits you to do it, I believe he's like just dummied out of the game. And uh, you have to play the game um, with Megaton attack. I never blew up Megaton, but I'm, I'm a uh 2 shoes in those
2: games. I mean it's kind of it 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 can be kind of rare I think uh where they will even keep out in you know when we were growing up I feel like stock footage of nuclear testing was like used in every movie yes. all the time and mm-hmm. you see it I I think they And they're, uh, Nintendo play allowed commercials. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> a lot more they are a bit more sensitive to using that footage in Japan than than they all, we are over here. Mhm. And there seemed to be a turning point in,
0: in terms of uh, Japanese content, uh, from my perspective, used to always be more violent. Like, that's where you went to get your more violent games, your more violent oh, yeah. content. Uh, oh, yeah, especially. What's that? 80s anime. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. oh, man. Yeah. E- extraordinary, gruesome, uh, super, superfluous scenes, yeah. like of course.
1: Watching the, uh, the Giver opening recently, <laughs> it's like, the oh, Giver. God, he, like, tears a monster's face in half with his fingers. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what that – I mean, when you wanted effed-up content, you would go to Japan if you are a young teen. As you know looking for rude things to watch yeah
2: as a kid well as a as a teen i remember thinking crying freeman was like the most obscene thing i'd ever seen and I bet if I were, I haven't revisited since then, I bet I would just kind of like giggle at it now or just think like, oh, this this was as far as I thought it went. So so I always
0: wondered why there was a turning point in Japanese media where all of a sudden uh, things seemed a lot more sanitized. And in doing research for this episode, I found out why. There was an infamous uh, child murder case in Japan. And by child murder, I mean a child was a murderer. And I don't want to get into some of the more gruesome details, but it should be pointed out this uh, child uh, killed and dismembered a special education student uh, and left their head in front of the school gates, and they proceeded to do a very Zodiac Killer-like uh, kind of uh, scenario in which they would send letters to the police, to newspapers. Mm. Uh, they murdered another child before they were caught, and I think they attacked a few other children. Is but...
1: that the one where they carved X's over the eyes? I don't remember that detail, but so this— it's like a dead cartoon <laughs> character?
0: Yes, it could have been that. I'm not sure if it went that far, but this guy this guy was on Hinge. I believe he's like like in back in society now, but they don't disclose his name or anything like that. But this was the turning point. It was sort of like a Columbine-style scenario. Uh, Way less damage to, you know, in terms of deaths, but it still was very shocking. And I think from this point on, Japan was super, super, super sensitive about depicting decapitations or dismemberment in games. I'm thinking of, like, it really struck me as odd in Resident Evil 4. uh, Leon can undergo... Any amount of gruesome deaths that are specifically tailored to certain enemies, to certain traps. Uh, a chainsaw guy can just lop his head off, and it'll say "game over" as the as your your body just falls to the ground without a head. None of that stuff is in the Japanese version, wow. and I believe it was this incident that really made that turning point happen, where Japanese media in general became much less violent. And my girlfriend yeah. was like, "Is that where moe came from to, to to replace it?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, you might be right. You might <laughs> yeah, be
3: there right." Had had few, to go there have been a few events that have left a pretty profound psychological yeah. scar. In the Japanese collective conscious, there was the uh, Um the Shinrikyo? Sarin gas yeah. attacks by Um Shinrikyo. Mm-hmm. The um, That's why the you can garbage cans Yeah, um, what was the like? second? I didn't hear that one. The stabbings in Akihabara. That's right. About yeah, six or seven years ago. Sorry, Jeremy.
2: That's okay. Yeah, no, that uh, yeah. Like it's
3: it's such a. Generally, like peaceful, non-violent uh, culture, like you don't hear a lot about crimes over there. So the ones that become high-profile seem to have a really huge impact on.
2: Yeah, and you can kind of now I think back on like Japanese media I've seen from the late '90s. Like I can, I feel like I can imagine the the shadow like that case cast on, it. and same same with the with the nerve gas attacks as well. And like you, I think you look at something like Battle Royale, and you think. Like I don't know. Like if was yeah, or... Battle Royale. I think was a direct
0: like response to this, or was directly. I'm not sure when the novel was written. It could have been the novel preceded this, but I think that movie would not have happened if not like looking at like what if children are... can be violent creatures too? What if children can be amoral things like I'll that? Well,
2: say and same with like the terrifying children of like Ringu or yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the uh, what the was grudge? It? The grudge. Yeah, but yeah. Juan. Juan, Thank you. I was trying to be a weeaboo and say the Japanese <laughs> name for it
0: <laughs> as a culture we really work out our anxieties through media and you can see how that's happening here but i think it was really just the just the dismemberment involved in this case that made it a very very touchy thing even to this day and we'll get away from children being murdered <laughs> Thank you. if you want to learn more about children being murdered search for the kobe child murders on wikipedia you'll read a lot of horrifying details that'll keep you up at night uh, so another thing that gets changed, and there are so many instances of this, is just the fact to, um, just the effort to remove general sense of Japanese-ness from things. Um, I feel like this was more common when there was more xenophobia towards the Japanese in America. Uh, stuff like Ace Attorney, I believe if, if, if this was translated today, if this was only brought over here today, I, th- I, I want to believe they would still keep it in Japan, but I feel like there was still that lingering, like, would Americans want to play a game about Japanese people? I don't know. So I feel like in those cases, it's not reacting to racism or whatever it's just like a general discomfort with the idea of like you know why would they want to not play people like who are like them
2: but it's so strange yeah. to me in the, in the case of Ace Attorney when like changing food to a hamburger or whatever like that that seems like an odd choice to of, of localizing something when one of your characters or multiple characters like Basically Shinto priest. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That is so specifically Japanese with so many plot points that are specifically Japanese. uh, Having them eat hamburgers won't change that. (laughs) Like you you can't change those characters. Yeah, it's one thing to have Alex Kidd eat
0: hamburgers instead of rice balls. But (laughs) something else for, you know – Maya FA to have hamburgers. Exactly. Yeah. The creator even said, like, I, I made the first game ambiguous in terms of where it was set just so there would be a chance of a localization. But when it didn't get localized, he was like, screw it. So in the second game, the first case is a murder at a Shinto shrine. <laughs> so <laughs> right. yeah. the, the inside joke in the series is how much they tie themselves into knots in order to make things conceivably American. It's like, no, no, no. This took place in a different timeline where Japanese were not sent to internment camps and they, they uh, you know, integrated more with California society." Society. So this is a California that's like part mostly or like half <laughs> Japanese. I don't know. There's some strange lore to it that's more know, twisted yeah. than the Zelda timeline, it's the
1: Kelvin timeline. It's <laughs> it's like, exactly. What is, is it like? Kakuto Chojin, the uh, the fighting game. It's like set in an alternate reality where China discovered the New World. Oh, is that what they do?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have even. It's it's not as uh, extreme as like oh uh, Japan won the war or something. It's just like we did not react as harshly towards Japanese nationals or Japanese Americans as we did during World War Two.
2: But in but in general, there's a lot of like changing of. Japanese Japanese foods and stuff. Yeah, and though I think this has led to like this kind of something in localization, I'm not a fan of uh, even even in my beloved Persona <laughs> games, which is just like this this opposite end of the spectrum of just like well, the you know they would call them senpai if they're an upperclassman, and so of course this is you know they uh, just the honorifics and stuff are Akun- Senpai, Kohai, like all that stuff. I'll, it just feels it feels too extreme to I'll me. I'll tell you what
0: I I don't mind those until they're being spoken by English voice American <laughs> voice actors, and then it sounds wrong. Like if there's a Japanese voice actor saying it and I'm reading it on the screen, it feels very natural. Of course, it, it feels like it's a natural part of language, which it is. But if it's an American being like Jeremy Kuhn, help mm. me or whatever, yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of use that uh, philosophy in my professional
3: life when I'm trying to set up interviews with uh, like Japanese. Japanese developers like I might use honorifics in email but I will not say those out loud yes I, I say mister
0: I say mister whatever
3: yeah uh, yeah
2: because well, I've in in a professional setting I've taken it with like with Nintendo when they book you things with Miyamoto there he's Mr. Miyamoto yeah. it's Mr. Water R.I.P. but they don't they don't call him them son in 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 the things for them. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah and yeah I would think from a localization standpoint I get it if in the line, like, one character calls another character, uh, like, blah, blah, Chan, Chan as a way of saying, like, of belittling them or, or making fun of them. Just call them, like, call them, like, cutesy-poo or whatever. Like, make up a new thing. Don't just put Chan on it. Like it or, let, yeah. like,
0: change the
3: character's tone at least. Yeah. I don't know how all well that works because I used to watch a lot of Ranma 1 half-dub. <laughs> <laughs> and they would they would come up with some really weird like yeah. Ranma Darling and sort yeah. of Ranma Sama like it, true. It, it felt really awkward and tacked on it's a really complicated choice to make I yeah, just remember it's, it's difficult and yeah. that's why I don't envy localizers for a lot of reasons <laughs> yeah. well especially days. in like
2: dubs you gotta like so many you knows have to be said just to fill the mouth movement Yeah. like mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, Ranma, you know. I want this, you know. (laughs) So uh,
0: in terms of other Japanese games, I wanted to think of a few major examples of, like, removing the Japanese-ness. And some are, I believe, are sensible, like uh, Leap Beat Agents, um... As much as I love down and those games, the concept is so specific and so foreign that it would never fly like, this is the Japanese cheer team game. But they, like, they, they that didn't ass that one. They, oh, no they, no, they gave it yeah. a whole hog localization. All new like, characters, they re, yeah.
3: They rebuilt the game, and that works. Like, yes. It just but made that's, a, new that's a very, yeah, yeah. Like, that's
0: a hefty investment. That wasn't a localization, but it was like, let's take this idea and make it American. But that was, I think they had a good intention that it worked well. And things like, uh, we mentioned in a episode we recorded a few days ago, or yesterday, uh, Sayuki World 2 became Wampum, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe not so sensitive towards our Native American friends, yeah, but uh, still, bad yes, way. but um, mm. there, there's... Especially,
3: land. like, why was our little Native American friend running through Chinese bamboo forests, killing uh, Chinese ghosts? Alternate timeline, Jeremy.
1: Curious. <laughs> alternate timeline. <laughs> Are there <laughs> any speaking speaking other... Where about Native Americans settled Tao world. Feng? Tao Feng, Fist of the Lotus, that I was thinking of, not Kakuto Chojin. I say it only because I know someone out there is uh-huh. going to call the song. Um, excuse me, Michael. <laughs> yes, y- sorry. You know, uh, one example I can think well, of... Actually,
3: oh. one, I'm sorry, Kakuto Chojin was one of the games that was that changed has, and censored because of really? its
0: Islamic uh, elements. They they yeah. like recalled that entire game. It could have been that same uh, call to prayer sample or whatever. I think mm. so. Something like that. One yeah. of, I think one of the character endings had that. Mm. Sorry, Henry.
2: Oh no, that's cool. Uh, you no, know, uh, one thing I always think of I- I with uh, changes, localization, censorship is just the history of the puff puff jokes in Oh, thank in you. Brandon yes, West because <laughs> those have been around, I believe, since the first game and. In translating it in English, they always deal with it in a different way. I believe in the first in Dragon Warrior, they just called it like the super soapy wash. or They're like, take a bath. It's a super soapy bath. But it was this thing that they kind of – Puff Puff was a borrowed thing from Akira Toriyama or at least Akira Toriyama put it in his Dragon Ball books. I did see it in Dragon
0: Ball. Yeah, I think Bulma promises that to Master Roshi when she meets him. Yeah,
2: it is – to, I believe it is motorboating or just something a breast, breast touching
1: a head. Yeah, yeah breasts are
0: placed right. on the face and head area. I mm. don't know. I, I don't know if this is.
2: Re- I, mean, I assume we, it's
1: real. We did finally see it in uh, Dragon Quest. What was the PS2 well, so, one? Yeah, yeah. So the,
2: they talked. They put it in multiple multiple games as a as a joke, and I I wonder if it's like how when we were growing up, there were the stories of like the donkey punch. It was just a sex act that, yeah. that uh, amused uh, immature people, but It had a funny it name and really a funny uh, I remember in one of the games, and it was
0: maybe an NES game, where it's like, uh, the girl you go to a town at night, the girl's like, come and I'll give you a massage, and the lights go out, and the lights come back on, and it's her dad or whatever, so the, it's yeah. implied that his his man boobs were all over your face and head, or something I, like I that. I think
2: that's Dragon Quest 4, 4 or 5 has that in there,
0: and Maybe that was the, a DS version I was thinking of, there yeah. Was,
2: there was also also, in one of the Dragon Quest games, you uh, you you get a item by having a wife dropping off a man's wife to him in jail, and she gives him the puff puff massage in jail through the bars. And, no, and they're that, in the same cell, so you, it's like a Midnight Express or something like that. <laughs> oh, <is> Billy! <laughs> and the yeah, the big reveal of actually getting to see Puff Puff in in the obviousness. Seeing it clearly was in Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2 where you get a puff-puff massage and a woman with a very extreme French accent says, I give the best puff-puff massages ever. And she is a voluptuous woman. Uh, But then she's like, close your eyes. And so it's just darkness. And then when the lights finally come back on, she's been rubbing slimes against (laughs) your head the entire time. I think even the creators
0: realize like, we have to play with this idea because it might not be appropriate anymore. Well, for the time this, these games are being made. I actually did
2: get them on Ooh, comment on this On the record. Yuji yeah. Hori, I, Yeah, as I've bragged about on this podcast uh-huh. before, I'm very proud of got to interview Yuji Hori the one time, uh, along with the uh, two guys. Actually, uh, you guys, I think you interviewed uh, both the other guys I interviewed at uh, about Dragon Quest Builders this year, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I interviewed, interviewed them there. twice, actually. <laughs> 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 I am so jealous. I'm so jealous. But so at that, I asked him, like, you know what about I've noticed that you know I'd asked them about how pun filled and jokey the the localizations had gotten and they're like yeah we had been working on that because we wanted to, they're funny in Japan but the older localizations weren't funny and so we wanted them to have more like slime puns in there and stuff and so I said yeah I noticed the puff puff jokes get changed sometimes and they all had a laugh at that as as well as the translator and they said yeah sometimes we have to change the puff puff jokes just for a rating Thing that they're they're told like this will get a higher rating if we're uh-huh. more explicit with this puff puff joke. So change it to something else so like we can get this E or E ten rated T for explicit puff puffs <laughs> only in America.
0: So uh, Michael was super nice and Michael wrote a lot of these notes himself. Uh, he actually sent me a bunch of suggestions. We we have to move on to our most fun part of this episode soon, but I do want to hit a few of these. And I think Michael really wanted to talk about uh, Supernova's Arc three D and mm-hmm. how that came into being. And that of course is the the biblical-themed Wolfenstein 3D engine game for the Super Nintendo. Um, Michael, take it away. Yeah,
1: well, if if I remember right, I could be wrong about some of the details here. But when Wolfenstein 3D came to Super Nintendo, they had to cut a lot of stuff. Like the uh, Hitler was changed to the <laughs> uh Nazi Germany was changed to the Master State. Like basically the all master the, state. All ah, the World War II <laughs> stuff got stripped out and it was just a, a generic uh, – You know, dictator, you were fighting that was vaguely Germanic, and uh, they had to take out all the blood. Of course, there were new weapons like flamethrowers and bazookas, but you know the dogs were changed to rats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You couldn't couldn't kill dogs, and I believe that this uh, pissed off the developers to the point that they. Actually, licensed the engine that they had used for the Super Nintendo version to Wisdom Tree <laughs> to create Super Noah's Ark 3D, which was an unlicensed religious uh, game for for Super Nintendo, and which weird... you can get on Steam now. Yes, I've yes. L- I streamed it on US Gamer. Check that out online, please. But the, it's very hard, actually. The crazy thing about Wisdom Tree that I wanted to talk about was that they used to be a company called Color Dreams. That oh. produced very edgy games, like one called Menace Beach. Yep. For oh example, oh my god, they did the Port of Chiller, didn't they? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, which that which is, is like the most gruesome thing ever. Yeah, still,
0: I played that in, in an arcade, and I think I, it still haunts my dreams.
1: I, I bought <laughs> it from an ad in GamePro that advertised arcade quality graphics, no. and then realizing, <laughs> like, oh, arcade quality is circa 1982. Got Yes, it. yes. Um, <laughs> that but, was an
0: Exidy game. I think that was like um, kind of like a in the in the vein of Death Race. They
1: were making these yeah. edgy,
0: like, you know, controversial just, just games. Just to be shocking. Yeah. But and Chile that was
1: just like you're sh- your select gun shooter. You're shooting up tied up torture victims yeah, though. At one point, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the stages is that. Yes. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this. This seems like a bad thing. But uh, Color Dreams did all these edgy games and, and my, the one I like to point to is Menace Beach, which you're a skater trying to rescue his girlfriend and in each level you see like this girlfriend tied up on a rack uh, pleading for your help. And oh like boy. she's wearing progressively less clothing in every
3: shot. Yeah, it's very Rolling Thunder-ish. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. This becomes uh, – they, they have some sort of uh, – we got our soul saved moment and come became – Come to Jesus moment. Yeah, come to Jesus moment. Thank you. And became Wisdom Tree and uh, Menace speech becomes Sunday fun day about a kid who's just trying to get to Sunday school and the cutaways to the girlfriend become cutaways to a Sunday school teacher oh. who has a different biblical thing to share with you Does she you get more time. naked
0: every time? No. OK. Well, I'm out. She gets <laughs> <Yeah>. more clothed. <laughs> she starts more putting devout. on a parka and like – Put some
1: park on over that park there. There, There's one more
0: angle to the story, Michael. I'm not sure what order the events happened in, but I believe uh, Color Dreams really wanted to make a Hellraiser FPS and uh, the management would not let them, and um, I believe all of the assets were gotten rid of, and that's when they had to turn to a more biblical take. But maybe, maybe uh, id software or whatever they thought that was the perfect revenge, you know, just that to have be, this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure what events that happened, but I believe people have been trying to find that Hellraiser game, whatever's left of it. But I think like the uh, the Flanders, whoever run the, run the company, <laughs> were just washed their hands of it completely. So yeah. Uh, some other examples are we have Thrill Killer, uh, sorry Thrill Kill. It's the lo- I think it's the logical conclusion to ah, our obsession yes. with violent-themed fighting games. Um, I remember one called like Time Killers, where it was just like arms and legs being mm-hmm. lopped off every second. I was just like rolling my... I was 12, and I was like, come on, get out of here. That
2: wasn't censored, though. No. Yeah, It well, was just in arcades. You can yep. play it,
0: but Thrill Kill became a
2: Wu-Tang game, if, if I'm
0: not mistaken. It became a lot of things. The engine was used for like five different games, some of them not fighting games, but um, I guess what happened was... When I was... say
2: Wu-Tang, I mean the rap group, not the Kung Fu. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so EA acquired Virgin, the game's original developer, and they were like, we don't want our names on this, and this game was all about violent, gruesome fatalities. Uh, fortunately, or I guess unfortunately, depending on your point of view, the developers released this game through a hacking group, so in college, everyone I knew had this game in the early 2000s. I don't know if that was yeah. true for you guys. I, mean, or see, I was <laughs>
1: the only one in okay. college who had it, and I, I that was the only time I've ever paid a pirate anything, <laughs> and I still feel a little bad about it.
0: That was one copy uh, – sorry, one floppy you could have copied or should <laughs> ah, have. Yes. yes.
1: But that thing – that game is also just trash. Like it's very – It's okay. Like I thought it was really fun at the time because, it, hey, it's a four-player fighting game. How many yeah. of those exist in 1998 whatever? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: we have some other stuff and I have to kind of go through these fast because we're running out of time Uh, I'm Jeremy Lammy of course Uh, the hell stage was changed to an island and Uh they change a lyric in the first uh, song that you can play
1: on an island you go far
0: it messes with the meter of the song it totally does it's awesome yeah and actually the demo version of that uh, level that is on a PSM disc or whatever or PlayStation magazine disc has hell in it so you can play that version Ah. if you get that demo disc and the Japanese version of course but it's funny because um, in the Japanese version Lammy dies and goes to hell and she meets her the evil version of herself and has to play against her in this version I believe she just gets into a plane crash on that island but the level is still the same the level is mm-hmm. still like a very hell hellscapish hellscape yeah and And the um, the
1: evil version of Lammy Rammy is created by like running Lammy through a fax machine yes that's right yeah oh man I love I'm Jeremy Lammy
0: (laughs) check out our episode on I'm Jeremy Lammy and Parappa if you want to hear me be so positive you say Bob Mackie please shut up Uh, we also have Duke Nukem 64 the most hilarious idea in the universe I'm glad Michael brought it up because it's like they had to work so hard to make this palatable for the the Nintendo audience and everything about Duke Nukem was the the, uh, you know the edgy cool PG-13 hero we all needed at the time but uh, Nintendo didn't want anything to do with that so the strip clubs were removed uh, steroids were removed the babes you can no longer kill them instead you save them I believe instead of killing them I think sure um, was, was there anything else you
1: wanted to run over and uh, like well, the, check there out was in this the, one the strip club level that was turned into a pseudo McDonald's that's right yeah like, and, and I seem to think it was the same level but just everything was reskinned so what was previously a uh, strip club floor was now a loading dock outside of a food yes, place uh, yes
0: everything, uh, everything offensive was Changed into Duke Burger, so That's right. the the porn <laughs> bookstore was changed into like a Duke Burger, uh, like just the the restaurant, and then like there was like the Duke Burger warehouse or whatever. So
1: I'm guessing yeah. he
2: doesn't use a, someone's neck as a toilet in the in 64 I, version. As
1: wonder well. if you remember? Yeah. I never played that far.
0: I don't know what those cutscenes, uh, what they did with those graphic cutscenes. So. Another one that really astounded me uh, 10 years ago or so was when Conker's Bad yeah. Fur Day was remade. Mm. Uh, they made it more censored than than the uh, N64 version. Yeah. So, like, the cursing was bleeped out, including the great and mighty Pooh who says shit and crap and whatever
2: a yeah. lot. It was yeah. really weird. There were a couple times where when Nintendo... I think wanted to prove how not censorious they were anymore, Yeah. That they would go to such an extreme, and Conker was one of those type things. Like we're going to go more M-rated than anybody does. Nobody'll say that we're a bunch of babies. And so that that's what Conquer ended up being, which is just like a very a very British style scatologicalness too of not just like it, it, its obsession with poo seems like in a very British. Style. Lots of rhyming yeah. words. Yeah. Yes. A lot of, lot it's of... A
0: swirly whirly, scurly poo. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of. Things got by the sensors because they're like I don't know what these people are saying. Yeah, yeah. it's like these like the northern ap- UK accents. You you what, what's a twat? Need- I don't know. <laughs> a
2: twat. I mean, you absolutely need su- subtitles in that game to yeah. understand, buddy. The train spotting of video games It's fun to listen to the director.
0: Uh, he he did a let's play of this game, and you have to you have you have to like pay full attention to this guy if you're from America because he is very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. You realize where all those accents came from.
2: I mean, those Northerners, man. Yeah, <laughs> Northern England. They are hard to understand. But I uh, let's like lister. In Red Dwarf, like yeah, yeah, uh, but very sing-songy. It, it, I believe they said they wanted to make a sequel, but they they were told like, well, you can't make a sequel till we can prove this will sell. So let's make, let's just do a remake, and then I like Microsoft just got involved and just started making like changes to it, and mm-hmm. that's crazy to me to think that that they would they would think shit is like, uh, they can't keep saying shit all the time. Yeah. Leave that. Like,
0: that is strange, especially the Xbox was considered like, you know, the adult grown up big boxy console oh, yeah. and N64 was like the kiddie console, even though we all played it. We all love GoldenEye, things like that. So I did want to move on to the most fun segment, our 9-11 segment, everybody. Let's give it up for 9-11. It changed everything, of course, including video games. And we as a country were understandably pretty raw about 9-11. And (laughs) publishers were very anxious to include imagery that would remind us of 9-11. Now, in our modern age, every Michael Bay movie is essentially a 9-11 recreation that intentionally preys upon our feelings. (laughs) But in this time... We could not have buildings falling over. I believe uh, the original Gundam was running on Cartoon Network and they took it off the air because, of course, it opens with a colony falling on a planet, I think, a space colony. Also, yeah. Well,
2: also the ratings were very bad. I mean, but, I think it was uh, a convenient
0: excuse. Uh, a no, few of these were convenient excuses to cancel a cave. Well, game.
2: I, a more obvious example was um, like Adult Swim began like the week before 9-11. Yes, And yes. Cowboy Bebop was on that. and. An episode that is actually one of their more comedic episodes of Cowboy Bebop involves a mad bomber who blows up empty buildings. And he, he wears a teddy bear suit, right? They, the yeah, bomber. the teddy bomber. Yeah. And the end of the episode ends with a big fight in on basically a twin towers oh, that is going yeah. to get blown up. Like so, they never mm. that was episode twenty one, I believe. It was they never far aired the run, the, yeah. they, they never aired. They didn't air for a very long time. You it. know, Peter
3: Jackson didn't censor the two towers, and that was very offensive. There were articles <laughs> oh, at the time
2: like, people are asking, are you going to change it? Are you going to change it? Too soon? No, you idiots. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's not the Twin Towers. Um, So, I mean, I think that we are so inured to tragedy, especially talking now. We've just been through so many shootings, so many, like, global incidents of violence. I think we are just inured to tragedy, and we don't see these reactions these days. I mean, we had a mass shooting before E3, and and I didn't really see a big response outside of, like, the the proper moments of silence. So, unfortunately, we are just like, okay, yes, bad things are going to happen. But I don't want to cover a few things that were changed because of 9-11. And one of them, the most notable ones, was Meta Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Apparently, Arsenal gear was meant to destroy the Statue of Liberty and Manhattan's financial district, so... uh, I
3: mean, it did. You just don't get to see it. You just see, you fight on top of it and then climb down and like... It makes for a very uh, sterile ending. Yes, it's
0: very strained. It's
3: very, There's like a fade out and then you're fighting on top of it.
2: Though, you gotta admit it's pretty impressive that they got that like it it was out at the end of September the game wasn't it like they, they maybe was I, that it was it was in October oh yeah okay. it was October. No, 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 it was mid-October I yeah know. all
0: right So I – and another thing that happened was uh, there was going to be live-action footage of the World Trade Center and the Statue of Liberty. Hackers did uncover the Statue of Liberty live-action footage that's still on the disk with like some narration. But Mm. I don't think that they found the World Trade Center footage. And um, also something that's really interesting. I read a Kotaku article about this from five years ago. um, Raiden's name was – the way it was depicted in Japanese changed. So originally it was depicted with kana, which is the syllabic alphabet. Uh, in Japanese, and usually for non-Japanese words, exactly, right? like for and um, words. borrowed words. In the Japanese version of Metal Gear Solid, his name was depicted as kanji because Raiden was spelled slightly similar to Laden. In Japanese, not not enough to really make this change justifiable, but that was Kojima's excuse. Like, so even the way characters' names were depicted were changed to remove them from or distance them from oh, 9-11. So I get it. That's get it. that's a very interesting change. Yeah, the RL thing. So yeah, I don't think it's that similar, but maybe the kana are very similar to each other with those two words. So that's that's one way that um, it was changed outside of the, the change of the ending, the change of removing the footage, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it would that.
3: just be like... An extra character in Raiden, yeah, yeah. So versus Laden.
0: I don't know if the Japanese were as sensitive as we were, but I'm guessing they had that concern. Uh, I mean, in they some were still way.
2: selling GameCubes. The <laughs> game. Yeah.
0: So uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, uh, c- contrary to popular belief, and this is put this is on a lot of places. I think it's on Wikipedia. It was not delayed because of 9/11, because of content that could reflect upon 9/11. Rockstar's offices were just very close to Ground Zero, and they couldn't do any work while cleanup was happening while rescue. Were happening while people were looking for people, so that's one reason the game was delayed. Uh, and there weren't actually a huge amount of changes, as most people believe. Um, some visual assets were changed so the city looked less like New York, so you weren't actually shooting at New York cops.
1: You know? Yeah, the cop cars were changed. So yes, they, yeah.
0: because um, I mean, I'm of course, uh, uh, New York police were heroes at the time, and uh, and they were viewed as in a very heroic light, and we did not want to shoot
2: at them. There was the. Uh, The Strokes debut album came out uh, a month afterwards, too, and they cut a song that was only on the UK release called New York City Cops because it was – it's a very innocuous song, but just that the – um, chorus is New York City cops, they aren't too smart.
0: Oh, no.
1: That's and not so, a good time for that song. No, yeah. no, 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 October yeah. twenty two thousand one. That's the, right. There was a whole cut line, uh, plot line cut about Darko, I think, who was yes. going to have you blow up buildings.
0: I did read an interview with the, uh, the Grand Theft Auto guys. Apparently, that was never intended to be in the game to begin with. Oh, it was okay. removed before the game was published, not because of 9-11, but because they just did not finish that content. Um, so that Dark Hell terrorist guy was just never meant to be in the game to begin with. And I believe all they changed outside of that was like some some dialogue by bystanders that maybe wouldn't sound so great in light of 9-11. So I'm not sure what that dialogue was, but uh, – yeah, it was changed. in a few more instances, um, the Dreamcast game Propeller Arena, featuring dogfights in major cities, was canceled outright, but I think this was probably more likely due to the Dreamcast ultimate decline by this period of time. I, I think it was like, this is a convenient reason to cancel a game.
2: I mean, the Dreamcast was pretty dead yes. by September 2001. Yes.
0: And um, our last example is Microsoft Flight Simulator 2002, uh, because it was like, oh, the terrorists used this to, to learn how to fly. Well, actually, they went to flight school and were never like found out at, at that point in their Lives, but um, they also, removed. Oh,
1: they the game WDL War Jets. Oh, was, okay. Uh, pulled off shelves. Oh. Because it depicted events similar to oh, 9-11. Okay. You could crash planes into buildings. Yes, that's exactly what
0: this is, This is, this is too. I mean, um, they removed crash damage, in quotes, uh, to your plane, which meant your plane could crash, but it would not explode. But uh, people modded it back in because they wanted that. So I, I assume they modded it in the World Trade Center as well. And you can probably watch a lot of tasteless videos on the internet that are recreations of 9-11, but please don't.
2: Oh, there's one more, actually, that just came to me. that The second, the sequel to Neversoft's Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 2 Electro. Attacks, I believe it's called, or it's Electro... Electro Boogaloo? Uh, he, he, the game uh, was released right before 9-11, and it ends with a fight against Electro on top of the World Trade Center. And so then they immediately recall, Activision recalled it, redid it, that it's just a battle on top of a tall building, and <laughs> one tall building. A nondescript tall building. Yeah. So to wrap up, I want to know really quick from all of you because we're shortly running
0: out of time. What is your take on censorship? In short, I'll tell you mine. I think that censorship is look at it in the larger scope of things. I see a lot of people being very upset about very small changes that are ultimately irrelevant and perhaps not as artistic as you think they are. And as long as it doesn't really disrupt the the core game or the core gameplay or the theme of the game or the meaning of the game – if this means more people can play it, I'm generally for uh, aging a character up, covering up a boob, whatever. I mean, I can look at boobs whenever I want to. I have the internet, folks. I don't need them in video games. It's fine. That's my stance on things. Henry, how do you feel about censorship?
2: Uh, wow. All right. Uh, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say from the standpoint of like localization, censorships as well, uh, particularly – The way I grew up is I'd have to – I'd read they changed this thing in a manga or a video game I read or I had played, but I never get to see it. Today, if you hear about they changed this thing in Video Game X, you can see it right there. Somebody has uploaded it to YouTube. It's out there. So – to call it even censored feels weird to me. It's just like if you want if you want to see the sexy costumes that they cut from Fatal Frame on the Wii yes. U, you can see all of it all the time. It it isn't being held from you. It's just not in the game. And in innocuous cases like that, I don't much care. And I you know I'm not a pro censorship person either. And I artists should be able to do what they want to do but I, I guess I have a more grown up thought now of just like these things are products being sold by companies and companies censor things and when I'm say when I see people getting mad at what they think are like political groups that cause censorship I want to say, like, well, no, Walmart censored this thing. Yes. This giant company censored this thing. Be mad at this company that kept this thing from you because they didn't want. They were f- afraid they'd sell fewer things. Hmm. But that's that's my feeling.
3: I think that um, it behooves people, to creators, to you know really consider what they create and be responsible. Uh, and if they're going to push limitations, you know, and and break boundaries. They need to make account and be willing to accept the ramifications of it. I think people who get bent out of shape about perceived changes, perceived localizations, what they think of as censorship by people who are you know making their own internally motivated changes uh, need to grow up and not abuse people who are involved in the process but do not actually make the decisions <laughs> that's horrible and idiotic and irresponsible. If you want to make changes, change the systems that cause the pressure and the need to make these modifications. You don't like censorship? Well, you know, work at the 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 cultural issues at large, you know, the 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 conservatism or whatever that encourages and necessitates changes. Like you said, you know, Walmart makes the changes or mm-hmm. or requires the changes. So petition Walmart. Don't go after like someone who is a low paid localization editor yeah, just doing on a job. video game. Who doesn't have any control over this one way or the other? That's not accomplishing anything. And in fact, you're hurting your own case and hurting yourself and hurting other people. So
1: mm-hmm. grow the hell up. I but agree. Jeremy. <laughs> they, they censored her vagina bones. <laughs> Those vagina
2: bones.
3: I'm anti vagina <laughs> bones, by the way. I, I want to put that out there. In a glorious future where we are free from the tyranny of vagina bones.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now that this is all on record, I'm sure we'll be quoted on, on many message oh, reports for this. But thanks boy, for the yeah. intelligent conversation, everybody. I really appreciate it. Uh, all the information about how you can help out the show is in the commercial please listen to it but as far as finding all of us you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I write for usgamer.net and somethingawful.com and you can also listen to my other podcast Talking Simpsons it's a chronological exploration of the Simpsons it comes out every Wednesday I believe on lasertimepodcast.com if you like the Simpsons you'll like our show
2: it's that easy Henry where can we find you? Uh, Well, gee, I'm on Twitter as H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. You can also find me at uh, Fandom, the uh, editorial outlet of Wikia. Uh, I write about games on there. I'm a senior games editor there. Fandom.wikia.com. Also, I am a member of the Laser Time family, we call it a family now, not a network, uh, of podcasts uh, where we talk about pop culture things on regular podcasts, and I used to do one about comic books called Cape Crisis, you can listen to all those old ones, Uh, but uh, I'm also regularly on Talking Simpsons, the weekly exploration of every episode of The Simpsons, one at a time, hosted by one Bob Mackey. That's me, Michael.
1: Uh, I'm also part of the LaserTime Time family. You can okay. listen to me talk about video games pointedly every week on Vigigame Apocalypse. Uh, go look at VigigameApocalypse.com. Yes, Vidigame is misspelled the way I'm pronouncing it. V-I-D-J-A.
3: And Jeremy. Uh, you can find me making dad jokes on Twitter. I'm not a dad. I just make their jokes. Uh, you can also find me <laughs> oh, as as Game Spite. You're a dad at heart, sure. I am a dad at heart. Um, you can find me, of course, on usgamer.net and
0: posting about terrible puzzle games at Game Boy World. Awesome! Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with a brand new mini episode. See you then.
1: They say the Pokemon whole effort is to train children how to become the number one Pokemon master in the world. You follow it through the New Age teaching, you find out that masters are those who uh, take control of spirits in the dark realm, and they tell those spirits what to do. The child at some point becomes capable of taking these powers and channeling them through their mind, through their arms, or through their power sources. Their power sources, of course, are many of the symbols that they pick up from the Pokemon paraphernalia. So, so Pokemon is a game that teaches children how to enter into the world of witchcraft, how to cast spells, how to use psychic phenomena, how to put work supernatural powers against their enemies, how to fantasy role play. Pokemon World is a world of the demonic. Gotta catch world.